You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And as always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Subscribing, following, liking, whatever it is that you love to do, it costs you absolutely nothing and ensures you never miss another episode. We also love and appreciate your wonderful support. Tonight's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's episode, we have a few updates from around the league, some trades and transactions and all, some of which are um, a little bit more questionable than others. And then later in the episode, we are going to move on to picks number 20 through 11 of our Locked On NHL Network Top 50 players. Today, uh, those ranks were actually just unveiled. So if you haven't already heard that podcast, be sure to head on over to Locked On NHL first before you listen to this show and check out their rankings, see what they have to say about the ratings, and then you'll get some of my feedback. First, though, let us take a look at some of the transactions from around the league. We have uh, Dennis Chalowski signing an extension with the Seattle Kraken for one year at around 900 k Nothing too crazy about that. He is at this stage of his career like a depth defender. I think there were a lot of expectations around Chalowski when he was drafted. Thus far, I don't know that he's really lived up to them. I mean, if you're looking for a guy who could eat some minutes in a very sheltered role and can occasionally shoot the puck pretty hard... Yeah, it's not terrible, but if the choice is Chalowski or who the uh, the Rangers re-signed in Libor Hayek, I think it's pretty easy to say that Dennis is obviously the better choice. Libor Hayek re-signing for one year at just under $900,000 is honestly close enough to being a negative value contract, which is crazy to say because it's literally nothing, but... Hayek has basically been something of a depth defender almost his entire career, and I think saying he's a depth defender is probably being generous. I think he would probably be more competent as a top four AHLD. And even that might be a little bit difficult to say, because, you know, his all-nice results at the NHL level, they're bad enough to where I sort of wonder if he would be able to actually dominate at the AHL level, or even perform at a, a reasonable clip, right? You know, once you move to the AHL, things get a little bit more scrambly, there's more room to improvise, it's a little more chaotic, and for some guys, they absolutely thrive, but I don't know if Hayek is that that sort of player. Those are the, uh, the boring transactions out of the way, though, because we've got Montreal making a very unusual trade. They have brought in Christian Dvorak in exchange for a 2022 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. Looking at this deal, I just don't really know why Montreal thought Dvorak would be uh, such an expensive asset. I like Dvorak in like a middle six to top six role. I think he could be a competent second line center, maybe more favorably a third line center. I just don't really feel like you trade a first and a second for this. Now, I know that the argument with this is often that, well, if you're making a trade like this, you're bringing in a guy who's a guaranteed NHLer who will provide guaranteed value, and more than likely those first and second round picks may not actually turn into NHLers or even pro level hockey players at all, right? That is a genuine risk. But when I think about Dvorak and what he brings and what those picks might offer later down the road, 
it's a little bit of a tough call, right? I think Montreal kind of overpaid. If it was just like a first round pick, okay, I guess I think you would have to sweeten it a little, but I think a first and a second's probably a little bit too much of a sweetener. I think that that sort of pricing is a little bit overkill. Maybe a lot overkill depending on who you ask, but it also kind of makes me wonder what exactly the trade market for somebody like Jack Eichel is. That's the biggest shoe that we're waiting for to fall. Thus far, it sounds like he might report to camp and do some stuff, but if you ask me, I feel like he'll actually try and hold out. You know, if the Sabres try to force his hand or something, I don't really know how the situation's going to pan out. I think he could sit out and, and certainly try and force a move, but his cap hit, you know, his contract years, the weirdness around his whole surgery process and stuff, all of that may torpedo any sort of actual trade. I think the other reality is that a lot of teams financially probably aren't doing amazingly, and so some of the teams that could technically take on his cap hit might not really be in the financial position to actually pay his wages. Even though he is worth his contract, he is pretty expensive, and so I just don't know how many teams could actually make this move unless you're looking at like a Seattle or something, and I really don't think the Kraken have the, the horses to make this kind of deal. LA is still a potential destination, but ultimately, you know, Eichel, he... I don't know if he's actually going to move yet. It might be something that happens next year rather than this season because it just seems like no one's really in a great position to actually make an offer and Buffalo has been very much beating around the bush when it comes to discussing what they're going to do with him. As a professional player, it's certainly a difficult position for Jack to be in because he's wanted this move. It hasn't really materialized. I don't think Buffalo has given any indication that they're actually eager to make the move anyways and it just seems like nothing has really gone well with this whole process. Speaking of things that haven't exactly gone well, we also got a reveal from the NHL about the uh, the new Minnesota Wild. I believe they're the outdoor like stadium or winter classic jerseys or something. And wh whatever outdoor game it is, those jerseys are pretty hideous. I'm not really sure what the design intentions were, but it looks awful. I think they tried to do like a throwback to one of those tan jerseys that they had. Uh, but for some reason, the design just didn't really come together at all. Their jersey kind of looks like a mishmash of parts, and I don't really understand how you could possibly screw it up that badly, but yeah, the Wild jersey, not great. If you ask me, I think Winnipeg has always had the best outdoor classic jerseys. There are a couple of teams that I would say have done equal to or at times even better jobs than the Jets, but for the most part, Winnipeg seems to be really consistent. And it's funny because the Jets don't actually do anything super crazy with their jerseys. Having uh, the Heritage Style Classic, I think that's going to be like the third jersey this year. I'm pretty excited about that. I think Winnipeg's Aviators for me were just way too boring. So getting either the Dark Navy or the uh, the lighter one, whichever one they're choosing, I'm pretty happy about that. Either jersey is going to be an improvement over the Aviator style. I'm pretty sure it's the Dark Navy one because they're going to be wearing it at home as far as I know. But either way, a big improvement and certainly a lot better than whatever Minnesota's outdoor jerseys are. Whenever the Jets next get an outdoor game, hopefully they do something really cool with like a retro style. They've had a couple of different eras or era influences kind of feature on some of their recent Heritage Classic and Outdoor Classic jerseys, but like a throwback to maybe the WHA days or something would be super sick. I'd be curious to know what kind of style you would like to see replicated for the Jets, whether it's a specific era, maybe a specific uh, time for the Jets, like a playoff run or something. Maybe it has like a theme going on with it. Let me know what Jets jersey style you'd love to see brought to the modern generation at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, we are going to finally pivot to our Locked On NHL Top 50 list, starting with picks 20 through 11 in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why rockauto.com is the best place for all your auto part needs. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. 
If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at, uh, of course, the top 50 NHL players as voted on by the Locked on NHL Network. Now, we've had some very interesting picks, uh, quite a few controversial rankings, many of which I didn't really agree with. Now we're kind of moving on to the, the top of the list. This is picks number 20 through 11. Uh, and so we're going to start off at 20, and we've got Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets, which I think a lot of people are like, feels a little bit low for me. You know, like, th- this is a guy who's a Vezina winner, and I know that there's another Vezina winner on this list who, quite honestly, does deserve to be as high as he is. I think Vasilevsky, you know, I'm going to spoil it just a little bit. He is above Hellebuck on this list. I think he, he certainly does deserve to be in, like, the top 15 or top 20, but... I would bump up Hellebuck maybe a couple of spots here. I think he deserves to be a little bit higher on the list, probably in the top 15 for me. I think he's been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL for the past couple of years. He continues to carry Winnipeg. He is uh, really our MVP, right? And so it's, it's kind of surprising that, you know, Hellebuck maybe didn't rank as highly as I was expecting. And then at 19th overall, we've got Sebastian Ajo from the Carolina Hurricanes. I like Ajo. I think he's a pretty okay pick here in the top 20. I feel like more modestly, I would probably rank him a couple spots lower, maybe in the 21 through 30 range. I think he's still very good. I just don't know about top 20 these days. It's a little bit hard to say, but you know, some of the guys who are ranked above him, I would certainly put Aho ahead of those players. So maybe it's actually not as bad as it looks. The player who is directly above Sebastian Aho, though, in my opinion, needs to be much higher on this list. And that is at number 18, Braden Point. Now, I love Point. I think he's probably one of the most creative, most dangerous attackers that I've gotten to see. This dude just constantly makes plays happen down low, and he's got really great vision. He's got great center of gravity. His ability to pass under pressure is excellent. He's got a nasty shot, and he has this extra layer of finesse that allows him to be really effective on the forecheck. As soon as he gets into any sort of space, he can kind of, you know, grease his way through opposing defenders and find good routes to the net, and I think it's what makes him such a dynamic attacker. He just understands how to make dangerous plays at all times. He is arguably one of the most important players in Tampa Bay, maybe the number one guy, or if Vasilevsky's having a Vezina season, maybe number two, but those guys have been leading the lightning charge for a couple of seasons now. 
There are arguably seasons where a point has maybe meant even more to Tampa Bay than somebody like Dreisaitl or McDavid has to the Oilers. I still think McDavid is probably the better player overall, and I think last season certainly McDavid just kind of blew everyone out of the water. But, you know, if McDavid is struggling at any point or or his team isn't really able to support him in the same way, then, you know, you get to see Point kind of leading the charge instead, and that dude is just a monster in almost every zone of the ice. That he came in at 18th overall is a little bit surprising for me. And then right above him, we've also got Jack Eichel at 17, which, you know, is pretty okay. I think Eichel has probably fallen a couple of spots just because of his injury issues, uh, some performance problems from the Buffalo Sabres as a whole. I still like him a lot. I think he's a great player. I think he does actually have top 20 potential if the, the Sabres are able to get him to a team that's not super incompetent. But like face value right now, I don't think he's played like a top 20 player and it's not like you can really blame him. I think the situation that he's in, as well as his health concerns, it's it's not super shocking that he's kind of in this place. Now the name that's above Jack Eichel at 16th overall is uh, kind of crazy to me. It's Mitch Marner from the Toronto Maple Leafs and I don't really know where on earth this ranking came from. When you look at the average ranking, he actually pulled in somehow 20.6, which for me, that's just way too high. I think Marner is a very good scorer. Top 50 player in the NHL? Yeah, probably. But top 20 in the NHL? I, I don't really know that I agree with that. And I know a lot of Leafs fans are probably like, oh, he just doesn't watch Toronto. He doesn't know how good Marner is. And I think Marner is a very effective top six scorer. It's just when you're looking for top 20 talent, you're looking for the best of the best. And I don't think Marner for me really satisfies those qualities. I think Nylander is a much more well-rounded player and somebody who is more consistently productive and dangerous for his team. We all know that Marner definitely has elite high-end skill, but you look at what he actually does for Toronto... And it's clear that he's not like the world's leading best play driver, right? He's not the guy who's constantly your danger man. He is actually somebody who's very dangerous, especially with his individual shooting ability, his crafty stick handling, and certainly his spatial navigation. But in terms of being like a top 15 or top 20 player, it's just not really on that level for him. I think, you know, comfortably, I'd have him like the 30 to 40 range. I kind of feel like that's where he'd be more appropriate in, but... Having him rank this highly for me is actually very surprising. You see Point and Aho somehow coming in below him. That ranking to me is way off the mark, and it's actually crazy when you think about Matthew Barzal being as low as 28, right? A lot of these guys are individually more creative and more able to control the ice and impact play than Marner is. And again, that's not really a knock on Marner so much as it is this is just a really competitive field. This ranking is definitely going to turn some heads though, and I'm sure quite a few people aren't going to be super happy about it. If you thought these rankings were super controversial though, you're in for a great surprise in just a moment as we head on to picks number 15 through 11. Before we move ahead though, I did want to tell you about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. 
Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now counting down the final 15 picks or so of our NHL Top 50 Players list as voted on by the Locked on NHL Network. You can't really yell at me. I didn't, you know, make all of these rankings. So here's where things get pretty spicy. We've had some very spicy rankings already. You've heard my thoughts on it, but here we now get into number 15th overall, and that is Alexander Ovechkin. Now, look, I love Ovechkin, right? I, I I live near D.C. This is, like, my neck of the woods. I've watched Ovi for many, many, many years now. He's been a household name. And yet, even I would not rank him at 15th overall, especially at this stage of his career. Do I think he's one of the best goal scorers still around? Absolutely. There's no question. His release, his ability to continue playing at such a high level and constantly scoring, like, 30 to 40 goals a season, it's truly amazing. But... Ovechkin's on-ice impacts just aren't really at the level where I look at him as a top 15 player. He can still drive the shot and he still has a really physical, imposing presence, especially on the forecheck, but you know, he's not the kind of guy who's single-handedly taking over the ice and dominating play. He's still very good, don't get me wrong. He would probably make it into a top 50 ranking. I just don't really see him as the kind of guy who's really high enough at this level to be top 20. Several years ago, I'd probably change my mind on this, but these days, not so much. And I think the same can be said for the guy above him, Brad Marchand. I think Marchand is still very good, but number 14th overall good? No. You know, his defensive game and certainly his two-way impact, along with his ability to be really physical, draw penalties, and and generally get under the opponent's skin, all of this kind of combines into a player who's extremely effective at creating chaos down low, and honestly, it's helped him create so much space and create a whole mess of offensive opportunities that I feel like people tend to skip over. He's an immensely skilled player, but again, at his age and where he is right now in his career, he is not a top 20 player. A couple of seasons ago, maybe a different story, but right now, probably not. Number 13th overall, we've got Alexander Barkov, and this one's kind of interesting. I I think Barkov is still very good. I I don't know if he's really like a top 20 player these days. After the first couple of years of his time in the NHL, it just seemed like his overall game kind of took a bit of a step back. Now, that doesn't mean that he's a bad player or anything. I just feel like he's more in like that top 100 range rather than the top 50. I I think he could have like a season where he suddenly resurges and he's completely dominant again. He's had a couple of recently uh, good turnouts, especially last year, but in previous seasons, yeah, you know, the Barkov that we were kind of used to seeing hasn't really been the same player, so... 
I don't know if we're ever really going to see the kind of guy who was like a top 20 player a couple of years ago. I feel like the version of him that exists now is still very dangerous, especially when creating net front opportunities and stuff, but is he 13th overall good? No, not when you've got guys like Braden Point, Sebastian Ajo, and some of these other players ranked below him. Uh, and then at 12th overall, we've got Mark Stone, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Stone. I think he's probably one of the best wingers out there. Even though he did have a rougher season last year, you know, if you put him in the top 20 list, I really don't have any quibbles with that. I think he honestly deserves to be up there. He's consistently one of the most creative, hardworking, and dangerous forwards out there. I know that his finishing rate maybe isn't as elite as some of, like, the top, top snipers, but let me tell you, Stone's ability to turn the tide of the ice is really something else, and honestly, I wish he was a Winnipeg Jet, but obviously that didn't happen, and I think we all know the story of that. It is what it is. Stone's still killing it for the Knights, even though he is starting to show his age a, a slight bit, maybe. I still think he's got many, many more productive seasons left, and I think he's going to be a constant play driver and threat anytime he's on the ice. The last guy on the list at number 11 is Andre Vasilevsky. As I said, he was ranked above Connor Hellebuck, which I, I, you know, I have some thoughts on that. I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing. I'd probably have them, like, next to each other. I think both are really, really good, but in very different ways. You know, Vasilevsky has ridiculous reflexes and the ability to control his core in ways that I've never really seen goaltenders outside of, like, Dominic Hasek do. Maybe Henrik Lundqvist is one of the few other guys. But, you know, Hellebuck is just a dominant netminder when it comes to keeping things as simple as possible. He's still capable of, like, highlight real saves, but in terms of being positionally sound, setting himself up for great shot opportunities and, and shutting them down effectively and working with his defense to kind of eliminate certain kinds of shot attempts against, I think Hellebuck, for me, might honestly be the more consistently strong guy. They're both fabulous netminders in their own right, but, you know, I still think, me being the homer that I am, I might have Hellebuck a bit ahead of him. It's not a really controversial ranking, though, which is kind of surprising because this list of 20 players was pretty hot and spicy, in my opinion, but I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Our final 10 picks, which are going to be super spicy, will be coming in just a couple of days, and after that episode airs, I'll give you my thoughts on that ranking and what I think this overall list has shown me and, and where I see perhaps the future of some of these players going. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts, Locked on Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!